Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home is the 23rd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It serves as a sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, a palate cleanser to Avengers Endgame, and the conclusion to the MCU's Phase 3. This movie is out now, so if you haven't watched Spider-Man Far From Home yet, but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. You would also have wanted to have watched Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame and Captain Marvel. You basically need to be up to date with the MCU. All this movie will ruin it all. Even if you just watch the TV spot, it will spoil <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Directed by John Watts, Spider-Man Far From Home is once again a co-production by Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios and distributed by Sony Pictures. Jason, you have the plot. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, the world is getting back to normal, dealing with the logistical nightmare caused by bringing half of the world's population back five years after they were snapped away. Peter Parker, played by Tom Holland, is still coming to terms with the death of Tony Stark and trying to find some sort of normal life including spending time with MJ, uh, played once again by Zendaya, as he embarks on a school trip to Europe. Whilst away and on a break from being Spider-Man, Peter is recruited by Nick Fury, um, of course Samuel Jackson, and Quentin Beck, or Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, to face elemental threats from another dimension. It feels like Avengers Endgame should have been the end of this particular phase. The end of the... Infinity Saga, but instead we get this movie which opens with an Endgame epilogue. And I was surprised at how much Endgame is actually included in this movie. I thought there would be more, to be honest. Like, I think there is a lot though. I thought a nod to it, and then right, we've acknowledged it, let's tell our story. But the fact that you've got characters that blipped out of (laughs) existence and then blipped back the the whole resolution to the end game situation all that stuff all the infinity war etc etc it was world changing on a level that it would affect it literally affects every single person on and the they planet. do have to acknowledge that you've got aunt may and she's you know raising funds for people that blipped back there's that joke where she's like oh i appeared back in my apartment and there was like an old couple like yeah. living there and, and it's like yeah they're acknowledging the fact that those things were happening there, there's that video footage of like the school marching band just appearing. the basketball team yeah let's talk about the word blip we've said it a couple <laughs> of times already <laughs> originated in this movie because there's been different words for it i mean originally we got the snap and then i can't remember the name of it like decimation decimation that's right that was in the comics I think it was like... Yeah. Just a, the yeah, snap is like, obviously with the Thanos snap, that's what we've been calling it. Um, the decimation is like the comic book term. But in the world, the people, it is the, the blip. The characters, at least these kids anyway, they're referring to as the blip. I mean, they don't know that this was caused by the snapping of fingers. You know, so before... it makes sense. Before recording today, there is... I won't mention the... Oh, I will. I listened to the iFanboy podcast and they do special editions and I was curious to hear what their take was on this movie. And the two people presenting the podcast, they got something very, very wrong. And neither one of them corrected the other. And they were saying that the blip affected... Like, you know the young kid? Yeah. The reason why he's older is because he stayed. Yeah. And the characters that didn't age, they're the ones that disappeared. Yeah. In their review, they got that reversed. (laughs) Like, the people who were snapped away or blipped away came back... Older, and it that doesn't make any sense. My my enjoyment of that review oh, because no. I'm like, guys, and it was a legitimate issue they raised with the movie. Like it didn't make sense. Though. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, God, they obviously. Were anyway, confused. anyway, <laughs> love the podcast. Usually, it was just something that I'm like, come on, guys. But yeah, but we only get that 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 guy. I'm Brad. Brad. That, Brad. I was going to say I'm blanking his name. Brad but is. A wonderful character. Bradley's great. He's a really entertaining character. I love the fact that he is a result of the snap, decimation, the blip, whatever. For this, let's call it the blip for the sake of this movie. That's what they call it. But he is a result of a young kid, five years later, now has to be amongst these 
kids who we knew who haven't aged. Yeah, who are five years older than him, but now are the same age as him. It's like, yeah, okay, we're having some fun with this. And that's what this movie is doing. They're having fun with that horrible world universe-wide event, that that tragic thing. If you watch Infinity War and the the fallout in Endgame, the blip is horrendous. (laughs) It is such a bad thing to have happened. And that's why the Avengers go to such lengths to... To reverse it, like it's a but when watching thing. this this movie, it's plucky. It's you know, it's entertaining, <laughs> but it, it is a bit of a coincidence that just so happens that Peter and his main classmates from Homecoming, they all got blown. Well, to be fair, there were a, a, quite a lot of kids that from Homecoming. That the main ones, though, they yeah. they all got blipped. But for the sake of this movie, I don't care. I'm no, glad. I'm not. That's what, that's I, I am glad when the movie opens and it's the cheesy. Song, it's the video, and my first thought, oh, this is Peter at it again, because that's how he opened <laughs> yeah. Homecoming. But then some of the choices made, things that were said, the clips, but it turns out that it was just someone from the school's video club mm. that put it together. I liked it. It was it was a fun I mean, opening. Yeah, it's a callback to Homecoming where you have Betty Brand and that Jason guy and they're doing their news. That Jason guy, we didn't see him again, did we, other than that opening? No, he was he was the co-anchor on the school uh, news station, and she was just being very efficient, and she's moving on with the story, <laughs> and he's just freaking out, and he's not over it at all. But he's asking the questions that we have been exactly, asking, like, and we're still asking. You know, like, are the Avengers still a thing? What's coming next? What's happening? What does this all mean? Like, he's questioning the logistics of people's IDs, their ages. You know, like, it's, yeah, exactly yeah. right. He is the audience. And I like that the movie is saying, yep, it's acknowledging that they are questions, but that's not the story the movie's here to tell. The story does focus on Spider-Man, and it is actually profound that we are getting this movie after Endgame, and they acknowledge the snap stuff, or the blip, sorry, and it's still a Spider-Man movie about Spider-Man. Whose decision do you think it is, though? Do you think it is Sony or Marvel Studios... That has wanted Spider-Man to be the last film in this phase. Because you'd think the right choice would have been Endgame to go out on. Or do you think Sony is like, hang on, we want you to include one more Spider-Man film? I mean, I think there's a there's a bigger question there. It's like it could just be a matter of a matter of schedule and timetables and stuff like that. It could also be I don't know, maybe there is a more poetic thing about it, you know, Peter being, you know. The next Spider-Man, I did the thing with my fingers. Or the next, oh, the next Iron, Iron Man, Man sorry, the I did the thing with my fingers, yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe there is something there. Or maybe he's the most relatable one for, you know, the everyday person, the the guys on the ground, to sort of introduce us into that new kind of world. This know. movie works really well as an epilogue. But what do you think to the idea, I don't know, of... If I'm going to compare this movie to any other MCU movie, and I'm not talking about uh, the quality of the film or my enjoyment. Are you going to say Ant-Man? Iron Man 2. Oh, okay. Iron Man 2, and obviously we're getting Nick Fury in that as well. But this feels like, and what I got from the trailers and what I was more interested in than a solo Spider-Man film at the time was an MCU film. Spider-Man's in the title. He's in the film, but it does feel like an MCU film. More than a Spider-Man yeah, film. Yeah, like a Marvel Cinematic Movie. Without getting to my rating, because we're so far away from that, <laughs> I would like the next one to be a Spider-Man film. Yeah. No Nick Fury, no, 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 no I mean... S.H.I.E.L.D., no, none of... I don't need to see any other MCU character. Just give me a Spider-Man story in New York. I mean, I can't, like, like you said, not getting into the rating this early, but I have some thoughts on this movie and I have some issues there's a lot that I like about it but I have some issues um, and but I mean one of the main things is you know like they make Spider-Man Iron Man Jr. they do and they were doing that in that first Spider-Man movie and it was sort of like look maybe we can step away from that at some point and I was hopeful that we would be moving away from it and maybe we will after this one but I mean the death of Tony Stark Death of Iron Man is such a pivotal thing, and I know it's important to what they've established with his character, so it makes sense that it's here, but it's such a driving force for the story and for his character in this movie, and they really do play on Peter Parker is Tony Stark Jr. In in this continuity, 
Spider-Man, I don't feel, will ever be his own character. But, uh, it's it's, and it's he, madness. And he should be, but it's just the way that they've been able to tell this story and have it be different to the many Spider-Man films that we've had before. Much like Homecoming, they're doing things in this movie that are so different. It's like they're going out of their way to do whatever they can to not be a movie we've seen before. And it's like, I guess that's good. But at the same time, there are things that just make Spider-Man who he is and... I would like to see that. <laughs> you you know. know, I mentioned the TV spot earlier, ruining the fact that Tony Stark died in Endgame. What about the trailers they've been putting out there? Where in the trailers, there's one of them in particular. It literally opens with Peter finding out that Aunt May and Happy Hogan are in a relationship. Mm. They give it away. Many of the trailers show MJ outing Peter Parker as Spider-Man. I figured it out. It was obvious. Yeah. So I thought, because it was in the trailer, when it comes to the movie, she's going to say something like, oh, I'm only joking or whatever. But no, it's in. No, they it's go It's in the trailers yeah. and it's in the movie. If I'm John Watts, the director, I'm like, what the hell? Why are you guys putting <laughs> this in the it's trailer? It's a thing that's or usually a common thing where a director usually doesn't have the say in the market. Some say. and dep- Well, Spielberg, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm Steven sure, Spielberg yeah, would, would get a say. But not to knock the John Watts, the man, but... Uh, you know, he's not big time like Spielberg you know, or... I'm seeing interviews with John Watts now, but leading up to the movie, not much of anything. You don't really hear about the guy. But some of these Marvel directors, you're always hearing about. You know, cause <laughs> there's like uh, the director Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi, like, he's always got something to say. And yeah. the news outlets are always reporting on it. Like, if John Favreau has something to say, they're going to report on it. James Gunn, they report on it. John Watts? You don't hear much from the guy. Maybe he I'm was sure. like, man, they spoiled so much of the trailers. I mean, I'll, screw it. I mean, I'll come back for the third movie, but I'm done with the, <laughs> with talking read, about the movie. Screw it. I did read in the latest Empire, and I was holding off on the onset, the onset report, and they got an interview with him, and you were talking about the the inspiration for this movie, all the European like travel movies that he went back to brush up on, and yeah. like, a little bit of research. Obviously, you've got uh, European vacations in there. Road trip, that's in there. A few others as well that he went, you know, let's get a bit of research. Let's have an idea of what to bring to this movie. Sure. What do you think? <laughs> the, the movie itself, okay, so this is going to be a European vacation. To me, what it screams, UK sitcom, they're going to do a holiday special and the cast goes on holiday. <laughs> yeah. That's just what happens, whether it's Only Fools and Horses or any of these classic British comedies. Yeah. When they do like a feature-length special, like a TV movie, well, even they, they go like, on holiday. Like even more modern, like the in-betweeners. They went to exactly. Ibiza or Australia. Or... And then they did the in-betweeners too. Holiday again. Yeah, Australia, <laughs> like yeah. holiday. So maybe John Watts should have watched the in-betweeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've done it. <laughs> but... I don't know. Yeah, European vacation. Um, what, you know, you mentioned the Aunt May and Happy thing. I didn't need it. I like it. You like I it? I do like it. I just didn't need it in the trailer. Oh, I, th- <laughs> I, think, I think it works. Yeah. Honestly, Happy is a big reason why you can't... You're thinking that Peter Parker is the new Tony Stark anyway. Mm. But having Happy there, it nudges it more and more. There's even that scene where it's like, you know, Peter Peter's like, kind of standing like Tony Stark and he's, looking at his... He's, he's got the nanotech and he's, he's yeah. putting a new suit and together. And he's just giving him that look like... Yes. Little Tony. I know. And when you've got little Tom Holland wearing those Robert Downey Jr. specs. Yeah, yeah I mean... They're... Not everybody suits glasses, I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Not everybody suits hats. Which is funny because it's like... We should have gotten, at some point, a Peter Parker with glasses, a Tom Holland in glasses, you know, like... Well, we have now. Oh, well, yeah, but it's not the same way. Just be, I mean, do you know what? I don't even think the suit Robert Downey Jr. either, but, but you just go with it. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. But there's more, there's, there's more to it. Like, we've got this character established in this movie, but it's like, you know, we're still not getting any sort of Uncle Ben backstory, acknowledgement, nothing. I mean, there's the initials on the briefcase. That's the closest you get to Uncle Ben. But it's ben. like, this Spider-Man is a... It's a MCU, it's just a different thing, and I guess I'm along for the ride, but I'm still just In the not... MCU, Peter Parker doesn't have Uncle Ben. <laughs> he has Tony Stark. Mm. That's, the, that's the loss that's going to drive him. 
Sorry, Uncle Ben. <laughs> I'm, sure you, I'm sure you did mean a lot to him, and you did a lot, a lot for him, but you're being replaced. With those glasses, the eater thing. Like, on one hand, I'm like, one of the issues I had with Homecoming was the fact that, you know, Tony gave Peter a, a suit, and it was like, he had Karen in his head, and it was like his own little Jarvis, and it was, you know, ooh, someone to talk to. Karen's not in this movie. He doesn't have, like, no, an AI to talk that's to. True. But he has... I forget the name, or Edith. Is Edith the name of... The yeah, name? Edith. So Edith. There's an acronym, but yeah, Edith. Even dead, for. I'm the hero. Yes, that's well done. Yes. That's very Tony Stark-like. But, you know, it's like... So they took it away, and I'm like, oh, they're good. They're not doing that sort of anymore. Okay. Puts on the glasses. Oh, okay, yeah, little Iron Man. Once again, so there's... Ah, Question for you. With Age of Ultron, you remove Tony Stark from that film. Does the threat of Ultron happen? No. You take away Tony Stark <laughs> as a character away from Spider-Man Far From Home, does Mysterio and everything that comes with him happen? No. no. So Vulture. even in death, Tony Stark <laughs> is the cause of all the bad oh, things, but... not all, but most, of what happens in the MCU. Well done, Tony. But again, Homecoming, the previous Spider-Man movie, Vulture once again was a result of someone who was pissed off at Tony Stark. It happens a lot. and I feel like it's something that needs to stop I mean you could say I mean mean, you could have said maybe it'll stop in death but nope (laughs) it's still going I mean like you know there's residual effects of things that have happened in MCU that continuity and I like that but at the same time like just give these characters something else to sort of come from I've said it already and I think it's going to be the direction they're going Spider-Man 3 will be a Spider-Man film I hope so. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that. Because when we, we can get to see wearing... Spider Man and the rest of the MCU baggage in other Avengers movies. Mm. They're gonna keep coming. But allow his films to just be him. He's more than Iron Man. Oh, he should be. <laughs> like he he is. Uh MJ. Zendaya. I know I remember your thoughts on her from Homecoming. It and just you fell. Were uh, no, I thought she was. I'm going to say this. Hi, I like her as a character. What I didn't like in Homecoming is, by the way, oh, she's our Mary Jane Watson. We're just doing well, it not Mary Jane Watson, but MJ. No, no, like... but she is though. Like they're not going to in Spider-Man Three introduce a character named Mary Jane Watson yeah. because that's who MJ is. They that's what have I mean. an MJ. This like... is their MJ, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like you got to the end of the movie, and it's revealed that's who she is. If in the movie she was just Mary Jane, mm. who gives a shit? This is the interpretation they're going I would have gone, It was yeah. the reveal at the end. I mean, oh, we, by the way, my friends, yeah. my friends call me MJ. Yeah, yeah. Oh. instead of calling Michelle, if that teacher was just like, oh, the new team leader or whatever will be Mary or Mary Jane or something. She's like, oh, just call me MJ. Because Mary Jane's a weird name. But that it was, reminds people of yeah. weed. That was... <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> That was that movie. In this movie, (laughs) Zendaya, I think she's great. Like, she is really good in this. She's still got a little bit of a personality from the first movie where she's just, like, sarcastic, a bit dry. She's a quirky character. Yeah, very quirky, but I kind of like that about it. And her and Tom Holland have fantastic chemistry. She is giving more of, I guess, a girl. Like, a girly sort of flavour, you know? Like, she'll bat her eyes at, at a boy in this movie, whereas in the first movie... There wasn't a chance. But I've said already that she outs him as Spider-Man. Just to him, like, it's them two in private, and she's like, I know you're Spider-Man. But then he's like, hey, were you just looking at me and giving me attention because you thought that? It was a good character beat. And then later on when she comes back, back she's like... The is good, yeah. But you believe it. Like, with her character, the portrayal. And then later on when she's like, no, actually, I was looking at you for you. It It was a good moment. They are two good elements of, of this movie, the, the relationship between them. Um, both what the actors are doing, what the characters are bringing, their interaction. And even though, yeah, it would have been better if it wasn't spoiled that she does out him. But I think they do, we do get a bit more as it plays, you know, through that, throughout that scene. Where and it's then, sort of like, oh, well, I actually wasn't 100% sure. I think yeah. she says like 80 or 60% or something. Exactly right, yes. Yeah, so I didn't realise, I didn't expect you to just... Reveal it to me, but that's because he was against the clock. And yeah, things were happening. The threats were were becoming really real. Well, that's actually one thing in this movie. It's like, especially giving a good comparison to Homecoming, is where you know it kind of stretched over a 
bigger span of time. This movie, things just keep moving and Peter Parker just does not have a moment of downtime. He keeps moving. There's always something happening. He's on his toes. I the like pressure the, is on. Yeah, I like the choice that he wanted to give up being Spider-Man for a week. <laughs> he just, do you know what I mean? He wanted to leave the question. He, he wasn't. He wasn't Spider-Man no mooring. He was yeah, exactly. He was just Spider-Man two on a break. Tobey Maguire doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. He's done. He leaves it behind. It's that hot dog. I don't like. Give a shit. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, I like that scene. I like that he's nope. I just want a week off. I just want to go on holiday, be with MJ, be with my friends. And then it's Aunt May that packs the costume. He gets found at the airport. Yeah. But it's just, oh, it's just a kid with a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> that that was banana. a good beat. No. <laughs> yeah, no. no to the banana. So it's the kids, European vacation. We've got Ned, Betty, Flash. We've spoken quite a lot about Brad already. I swear, Brad, good character. He is a good character. Catching Peter with his pants down with that, like... Yeah, with a woman, she, she's like, like Russian she's the or... agent. And she's like, take off your clothes. I was getting uncomfortable with that scene. I was just like, this is not appropriate. <laughs> Ned is really good in this. The, the quick holiday vacation romance between oh, Betty and Ned was brilliant. Adorable. I mean, when you've got on the plane, Brad and MJ sat together. And Ned's like, don't worry about it. It's a short trip. Nothing's going to happen on the flight. <laughs> and then he walks off the plane holding hands with Betty. And then Peter's like, what is this? Oh, a boyfriend girlfriend now. I really enjoy these types of scenes where it's like just the kids sort of caught in this situation. Peter's trying to do something and Ned's trying to be helpful but also not being helpful. They've managed to balance a teen comedy and a superhero drama together. Those elements are working. And I, yeah, I love the fact that Betty Brent has a lot more to do in this movie and Gory Rice, even though she looks like Gwen Stacy, whatever, I'm just I'm going along with the ride. Fine. <laughs> We've got the teachers, Martin Starr. He's is it Mr. Harrington? Uh, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Harrington. so he returns from that first movie, much bigger part this time around. Another teacher though, we get JB Smoove. Julius Dell is his name apparently. I <laughs> Mr. Dell. Like him as an actor. Yeah. In this movie, what he brings to roles, which I usually like, it it didn't feel like he was needed in this. <laughs> which I was disappointed by because when I heard he was cast at first there were there were rumours that he was going to be J. Jonah Jameson oh. obviously that's not happened we'll get to that but there were rumours that that's who he was going to be and then I saw him in a car commercial yeah it was a car commercial that he was in with and I thought oh maybe and... yeah I thought maybe that's going to limit his role but no he's actually in this but I felt as though you got you got the humour, you got the beat with Martin Starr, and then you got a second beat by him. But it's kind of just one joke that they yeah, the thing about like the witches, like, oh this must be witches. Funny the first time, but they just go back to it a few times. And like, what about okay. Mr. Harrington where he talks about how he thought his wife blipped when actually she just left him? <laughs> that she is was a funny she joke. Was kind of, if, if you if you watch the some of the deleted scenes on uh, Spider Man Homecoming, there's a whole like sub story about Mr. Harrington and his ex wife. I've not seen so, any of there's that. There's so many just scenes that are deleted of him just telling the kids inappropriately stuff about his personal life, about his wife. It's a whole character arc that they removed. So it was interesting to just sort of get that again in this movie. I didn't when there was none of that. Yeah, but I didn't have any of what you've just said. I, I didn't know that was yeah. a thing. I've not seen it. So, But that joke just still worked for me. And what still I works. took from that, and I'm assuming with that first movie as well, that's not on the script. That's Martin Starr. <laughs> that's just him bringing his humour to the role. And I'm glad that's in the movie. I wonder if he actually has a has issues with his ex-wife. <laughs> I don't know if he's married or was or acting. <laughs> it's all make-believe, isn't it? Isn't acting. Um, this is a globe-trotting movie throughout Europe. <laughs> We've got all these different locations. So what have we got? Venice, Prague. There's another one. Paris eventually. Do Paris. They, do they get to Paris or do they only talk about it? And they end up in London. Yeah. I think you're right, because there's four locations that they go to, I remember that. And I know Peter ends up in Berlin, but I don't know if the class actually ends up in Berlin. No, Berlin... No, that was Civil War. No, they, they do, they go back to, to Berlin. Berlin again. They don't mention anything about, you know, Peter's like, oh, I've been here before. <laughs> but no, they do go to Berlin. I should say then that in Australia, they released this movie on a Monday. It was weird. One week later, we're here talking <laughs> about it. So forgive us if we're missing... One of the places they visit, but it's definitely four. They go to Europe. They do. They do. <laughs> That's... 
That's enough. I know the school he goes to isn't a standard public school. It's a science school. Yes. Essentially a science school for gifted youngsters. Yes. That's, let's go Let's go with that. So maybe they've got... Maybe we shouldn't say gifted youngsters. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, not to be confused with X-Men. But for... I don't know. Anyway, it's a science school. <laughs> so maybe is, yeah. they've got a bit more money in the sure. pot to afford a European holiday. Yeah. Now, you know, Nick Fury takes advantage and he moves them around and upgrades them and the teachers are unaware of what's really going on. But I can't... I find it hard to believe that a public school in the US, New York, is sending kids on trips to Europe. Yeah, I don't really it know. It seems what... a bit flat. Unless they pay their own way sort of thing. Okay. I get. I don't know. That's... But in my mind, it's, oh, okay, so but they go to the science school. Maybe there's a bit more there's money in the There's got to be some sort of other thing going on. But they don't really explain why they're going on that trip. They're just going. It's for something. Is it? It, I mean, it is their do, summer break, isn't it? So it's it, like... it is, but they do, they mention, there's a couple of places on the agenda where they're going to that's going to be related to school. Uh, so this, yeah. The reason why it's a school trip, though, it's just so it can be Peter and his classmates together. Because otherwise, <laughs> without that they're not all going around Europe together it's just Peter so that's why it's reason. a school trip yeah mm. with him and his friends we should talk about Mysterio at some point Jake Jenner <laughs> bloody good in this <laughs> he, he is really really good in this he like he is he is and I think they yeah they did my boy Mysterio they did him justice they put stuff on screen that I never thought we would ever get I mean, I never thought we'd get Mysterio on screen at all. Remember the rumours they had for the Sam Raimi films? With, um... And it was that Bruce Campbell yeah. was playing Mysterio all along. Quinton Beck the whole time, like He yeah. was in the first three movies, and then he'd actually be suited up in that fourth movie. He's an interesting character. fourth or fifth or sixth yeah, or something, okay. eventually, yeah. But they didn't get that far. We didn't get <laughs> We got as far as emo Spider-Man, and then they stopped. <laughs> but visually... Mysterio looks ridiculous and they managed to transfer it from the page to the screen and it is amazing. I mean, the fishbowl head is the most ridiculous thing of the character, but for some reason was not even a second of an issue for me. Whilst I love it. I, I love it. They realise it so well and they do that thing where it, it materialises in and out. Like you just, one minute you can see it and then you can't because, hey, they've employed Jake Gyllenhaal. Let's see Jake Gyllenhaal. So it's that <laughs> thing where he's like, you know, Iron Man. Tony Stark's always taking his mask off. Mm. So you can see it's him under there. And they're doing that here, but it works. And in the trailer where he mentioned that he's from another dimension, like you think, is it bullshit? Or is he telling the truth? And what I love about it, we both, from the sounds of it, know the character Mysterio yeah. very well. But when you're watching this movie, knowing that sometimes, well, quite often... MCU takes liberties with characters. I mean, the biggest one that comes to mind is the Mandarin, Iron Man yeah. 3. So as I'm watching it, and then it's great that Peter had somebody, because Tony Stark's no longer around. So he's got, you know, he's, he's in the bar. He's chatting to Quinton Beck. Nick Fury's in this movie, but he's been a real hard-ass. And he's not someone that can relate <laughs> yeah, to Peter Parker or vice versa. Yeah. So as you're watching it, even though it's like Mysterio's clearly up to no good as the bad guy... When Peter and Quinton are bonding, I'm rooting for that bromance. I'm wanting that relationship to develop. So when it, there is the twist of him being the bad guy, that's still also satisfying. Because it's okay. So here we are, a second Spider-Man movie and another good villain. Because Michael Keaton as the vulture in Homecoming was bloody fantastic. Mm. And for me, two for two. We are getting a good villain um, in this one. And you know, like, Gillum's is bringing stuff onto screen like a charm, performance... I'm just loving it. And yeah, like we knew that there would, or at least we had a strong assumption that there would be the twist where he's revealed to be a villain with other motives. We even thought the multiverse thing isn't going to be a thing. They're just teasing it. But maybe with spied into the spider Exactly. Maybe there was a possibility. It been. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you just you, don't know. Are you, I mean, it's revealed that obviously that's all bullshit. I mean, we know that time travel stuff with Endgame and there are alternate reality branches now which is a whole thing but in terms of like a multiverse with like hundreds of different universes or something like that you know 616 whatever you call them yeah Earth 616 you, is the standard yeah at this point in time we don't have that we don't need it like we don't yeah. need it like if you, I'm glad I'm glad they're, yeah. they're not moving forward with that if you look at characters like the Avengers Spider-Man like if you trace the, the origins to the comics 
We're talking 60s. Mm. So we've had decades and decades of Marvel comics that are published monthly. There's not been as many, there's not been <laughs> enough films for me for them to start thinking we need more ideas. There's still so many stories to tell. So I don't think they need the multiverse. And they can do that in Into the Spider-Verse yeah, and the have sequels, fun with the TV shows that they're developing. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll need to bag out with the Mysterio thing. When we do get the reveal that, you know, oh, that was great, guys, blah, blah, blah. And then there's just that... And he's got the team. Yeah, he's got the team. I love the team. I mean, there's a lot of disgruntled employees who don't mind killing people. There's that an issue is, there. He's got a lady <laughs> ironing his cape. Like steaming it. I, yeah, getting all the creases out. I'm sure. He's got a guy on the fly feeding him lines. Like somebody's like writing his dialogue for him. I mean, all this stuff is fun and it really... I mean... It, on one hand, it's working, but it's also the idea. It's like there is a group of people who are just—they are just disgruntled workers. They're not terrorists. Thanks, but Tony Stark. They're disgruntled workers who are literally now evil. They do not mind massacring people. Like they destroyed a whole town, probably killed countless men, women, children. Well, they've been let that yeah. sink in. The, and yeah, but they've been corrupted, haven't they? Like they're, they're very disgruntled. You've got Quinton very Beck disgruntled. That is leading the charge. Yeah. And there's going to be manipulation going on. And what Quinton Beck is saying is that the state of the world today, nobody's going to listen to us unless we put on a cape and join the Avengers. <laughs> and so he's the like he's leading the charge, and everyone else is following him. But you know, you know, people are making compromises, making bad choices, may, maybe making excuses for themselves, and they've ended up in this really bad place. So I don't think any of them, maybe Quinton, but the people working for him, set out to do what they've done. Oh, they know what they're doing. Come on now. But as time's <laughs> gone on, it's sort of like, you know, oh, we're here now. You know, we need to cut corners. We need to be heard. It's it's the greater good. Mm. And it's that thing, isn't it? No good villain believes that he is the villain. Like, every villain, every person is the hero of their own story. That's true, yeah. So I think and he's literally, he's, I mean, he's doing a syndrome from The Incredibles, but, you know, like, creating the problem to solve it. And mob mentality. Oh, that's it. Power to the people. He's done enough. Can we move on, Jason? <laughs> One more thing. The exposition okay. dump in that bar. It's a lot. I hated it. <laughs> but I, I, oh I, I, I enjoyed... It. The transition, though, you know, and oh yeah, the, the visuals of the transition is cool, and, and the visuals, but the transition on Jenna Hall's face. Oh yeah, do you know what I mean? Like he was, he got given the glasses, and then as soon as Parker's left the and building, then, ha, ha, ha. oh, it was like it was, it was really, really good. Yeah, I think they could have done better with him sort of explaining his whole plan instead of them just being like, hey, "Cheers, let's talk about all the things that we've probably talked about hundreds of times." I mean, don't get me wrong. Doesn't really make sense with what's happening. Like Mysterio, his whole thing is illusions. We got to see Bath in Civil War, the opening with Young I mean, Guy Jr. Those things were cool. It tied, it tied in yeah. nicely. And from that first Iron Man film, that, some random actor character who's back. But apparently, he's from that movie, A Christmas Story. I've not seen it. Oh, the little kid. Yeah, I've heard that, that too. So he was in that first Iron Man movie on screen with Jeff Bridges. Like that's not superimposed. That's so it. So they've gone back to that actor. We've got a role for you now. 20 plus movies later, come back. And then they did that thing where they superimposed Jinder Hall in Civil War. But it worked. Yeah. It, it all worked. But I mean, I think there might be another issue here where it's like, so he's, you know, well, Quinton Beck is a high ranking Stark Industries employee or something like that. You know, like he, he's big enough to have been, you know, on the sidelines of on stage with Tony Stark at that thing. Why was it very difficult for, I'll just say, Nick Fury at this stage or his team to not work out who he is? Because he's from a different dimension. No, maybe in this. Maybe in this. Maybe in this dimension. Give him a Google man. He's doppelganger. Used to work for Stark. (laughs) Okay, okay, we can play it off like that. Because I guess you've got to think that the Earth that he's talking about would have a Peter Parker. I suppose, yeah. And if we did see that Peter Parker, he would look a hell of a lot like Tom Holland. <laughs> you know, there was a rumour that yeah. the Spider-Man on his Earth was Spider-UK, which is the British Peter Parker. And we were going to get Tom Holland using his English accent. 
Didn't happen. Didn't happen. One of many, many rumours for this. Oh, but what I was saying, though, with uh, with Mysterio and his, and his powers, yeah, it's all about illusions. But mm. I like that each person brought something different from their scientific background when they were causing the earthquakes and various other things. Because if it's just Quinton, you don't really like feel the repercussions of the visuals. So he needed that team to do oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Like, he did need them. But I like the team. Should we talk about the elementals and his illusions and the effects and all that sort of jazz? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, so there's four of them, really. I mean, you've got like a water elemental, an earth, air, fire, causing different havoc on different locations around the world or whatever. I mean, they're all essentially inspired by Spider-Man villains. So in a way, this movie has five Five Spider-Man villains, and I'm I'm going I'm going for it. So you got Morris Bench, Hydro Man, Flint Marco, Sandman, Andre Gerard as Cyclone, and Max Maxton or Max Raxton, sorry, as Molten Man. I mean, you, they're literally just elemental creatures, beasts, and they are just illusions. But I'm I'll take it. The I'll power like, sets they resemble the characters. Yeah, but good it, enough. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we're not going to get a Hydro Man or Sandman down the line. I mean, I don't think we're going to get a Hydro Man, but uh, Sandman. Well, I, I you know, do the Sandman again. The the assumption could be, oh, it's Mysterio again. It's brought the elements. Oh, ooh, it's me. Yeah, could be. Some... But visually, for Spider-Man fans, it's a nice nod. If you're not familiar. You just watch it as like it's a big threat on screen. They're just cool visuals. And they are cool visuals. The effects in this movie are pretty good. They're pretty good. Like Mysterio's sort of illusion world where like it gets all trippy, Doctor Strange style. I mean, some of the visuals there were heavy CGI and there were imperfections there, but I think that worked because it was sort of like a mind warp thing and it was weird the the spider-man's all sort of piling on top of each other that'll haunt my dreams i think for a while what about the scene though where it's it's all mysterio so things aren't really there mm. hit by a train because <laughs> 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 you'd really struggle to because you can think okay it's not really there it's not really there until something is but like, like the, there's train. real stuff in the real world that yeah, actually, I did like that it's the dangers of putting a VR set on and walking outside because honestly you could get hit by a car watching <laughs> movies TV even the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s you got to see these visuals where he went up against Mysterio only he was only ever really in his head but in this movie yeah no you are still interacting <laughs> with the real world yeah and I did like oh uh, zombie Iron Man I mean Ooh, I mean yeah. Iron Man Makes an appearance in this Honestly, movie. Honestly, like, <laughs> so much. Like, I love so that it is a lived-in world. Like, this is the MCU, but... It, yeah, because we're getting all the nods and we're actually we're seeing Robert Downey Jr. a fair amount. Like, the actor, we're seeing him. But then when they take it that one step further and it's zombie Iron Man, really cool visual. I just did not expect to see Iron Man at all in this, other than in flashbacks. But zombie... I mean, yeah. And I guess they're playing on, like, that guilt thing with Peter. He's got survivor's guilt. He thinks, more. maybe I could have done more in any of the battles that I was in against Thanos or, or whatnot. I, I mean, don't... I, do you know I don't like the Infinity War costume or suit. The, the Iron all. Spider, I guess. It looks like quality street wrappers. You know, those suites <laughs> where it's kind of like me- metallic plastic. It looks like aluminium. I mean, it, it is. It's. I don't like the look of it. So when he gets the new suit in this, first the black one, then he gets the red and black one. Really happy. <laughs> I'm really happy with the new suit that he makes on the on the plane. We're yeah. happy. So great suit. I like his stealth suit. You know, it's not the it's not the symbiote suit. It's not the black Spider-Man suit. It's just a stealth suit because Spider-Man can't be seen in Europe because it wouldn't make sense. One issue. He's completely covered, except for his fingertips. Fingerprints, people. <laughs> like no one's fingerprinting the walls up there. But you know what I mean, though. I've gone to great lengths to cover every part of his body, but his fingers. Mm. Design flaw. Oh, look, I mean, there's still there's an issue there with when when Tony Stark made his first suit in Home or in Civil War, even like, is it Peter sticking to walls through his suit, or did? Tony Stark put sticky stuff on his fingers as well. Or it's it never like... explained, but it'd have to be. So when he's in his nanotech suit, mm. but then again, oh, I mean, no, it's no. nanotech, isn't it? So when we're looking at it, it looks like a tin suit. When really, it's like, it's living, it's nanos, isn't it? So they <laughs> they can, oh, I don't know. If we go back to the Tobey Maguire movie, he has little spider legs on his fingers. 
looking back on it now, terrifying. <laughs> like, but at least that made, like so. The, but those it was kind cool of those kind of out of his it. out of his costume material. They do because the little legs they come <laughs> like, through the material. But then he also had web, web shooters in his wrists. He didn't have the the metal web shooters. Yeah, it's actually quite a sin when you think about it. It, but, it really is. But that new suit with the black, you know, I'm very traditional with my Spider Man is red and blue all the way. But that the black replacing that blue kind of it works. It works really well. It, it's yeah. sleek. And if you're going to compare it to any Spider-Man costume, it's the Doc Ock superior Spider-Man costume from the comics. Wow, you went full nerd there. Like, <laughs> where did you pull that from? Well, I read the comics. <laughs> but that, but it is, though. And he had that. He's got the red and the black. But for this movie, I think it, it works, and it's the progression. Mm. I mean, at least he's... He's gone away from the Iron Spider with the Iron Man colours. Yeah, actually, I always got blue in there. You know, in the stuff. trailer, how there's that scene where he's with all those cops and you know, not in the movie, and he's doing stuff with his Iron Spider suit. And it's not the first time that the MCU has shot something intentionally for the trailer only. No, but apparently, I heard that was in the cut of the movie. Oh, really? But then they removed it because it. For... Okay, well, I so they actually deleted okay. it. It wasn't. I heard for the that trailer. they did it. For the trailer, oh. and another example of that, we've heard different things. <laughs> the first Iron, no, first Iron Man movie, the first Spider-Man movie, Homecoming, when he's got Spider-Man web swinging, and beside him, Iron Man's flying. Ah, uh, yes, of course, yeah. That was only ever for the trailer, mm. marketing only. But I did like that scene where he's with the cops. Are you supposed to be the new Iron Man? No, I'm too busy doing that your was, job. Yeah, that it was, was a great Spider-Man scene. on the ground, just like being a smartass and friendly like, neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, that's it. And we don't really get that. Spider-Man parachute. Yeah. <laughs> the big Spider-Man with the webbed armpits gliding through the air. Beautiful. I love it. I Me love, too. I love armpit webs. <laughs> yeah. I do. Oh, the white spider as well. I think, oh, good The stuff. right way. Like, in the comics originally, he did have the spider webs under the arms. But they didn't but, do anything, did they? I mean, maybe he could glide. He had some visually, big ones, but... The... Visually, they would always be there. <laughs> they were just drawn in. Yeah. I like the fact that users need it. Yeah, like, when I need to glide, I will armpit web up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that white spider on his chest is a new addition to his suit as well. I think quite cool. Maybe they're trying to get a little bit of that PS4 Spider-Man game costume flavour in there. I don't know. Works for the game, don't want it in the movies. But maybe it's, it's a nod to it. I'm, I'm okay with that. I would like... I like the fact that they're updating the costumes even within their own movies. It's not like, oh, in the second movie we've got a new costume, in the third movie we've got a new... Co-. You know, it's it's in the second movie we've got two, three different costumes. And he's costumes. got the resources cool. now. It can just be designing different costumes. Yeah. It solves that problem. Like, is he just stitching them together? No, no he's just printing them through that nanotech machine. Yeah. Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Watching this movie, Nick Fury especially... It's as if Sam Jackson was playing a caricature of Nick Fury. Like, he was being a little too Sam Jackson. He was being more Sam Jackson and less Nick Fury. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? He was being overly shouty and blunt. And I think just coming on the back of Captain Marvel when we got to see young Nick Fury, it was quite jarring for this portrayal. But then, you know, we find out what's really going on there. Mm, So I think whilst watching it the first time without knowing what's to come, I mean, I was sitting there being like... There are flaws in the portrayal here. Like I was seeing things, I was like, it's not quite Nick Fury. Um, his credibility isn't quite there. Why is he not seeing through Mysterio and you know, buying, why is he buying all this? There, there was a lot going on there. The only time where he did actually show some sort of like, oh, yeah, he's quite clever, is when Happy sent through like that decrypted message to him over the phone. That was the only time where he was like, oh, you know, that's a Nick Fury type thing. Every other time it was, you know, very off. But of course, there's a reason to it. Um, I guess we'll jump to it. The the, po- the the very final post-credit scene reveals that Talos and Soren, so the scrolls from Captain Marvel, played by Ben Mendelsohn and Sharon Blind, have been... I guess, parading around as Nick Fury and Maria Hill for some time. I'm assuming not that long. Probably sometime after Endgame. So that's Talos and his wife, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Family. Talos, one of my favourite things about the movie, Captain Marvel. Watched it again recently. I'm glad that we... Still holds up. Yeah. And 
having him in here. Can you remember back to Endgame and there's a screenshot and it looked like Ben Mendelsohn was in the background at the school? Yeah. Could that be a thing? Like, I think it's him. I think he was in that scene at the end. Sort of casing the joint, I guess, or not Makes casing sense. the joint, but... You know, and then the next... Watching Peter and kind of sussing him out. So we see Ben Mendelssohn in human form in the corridor at the end of Endgame. Next Possibly. movie. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the actor's If we go there. with it, yeah. I'd, 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 honestly, I'm fairly sure. Because otherwise... Because in the scene, you've got kids moving from left to right in the yeah. corridor, and there's a guy just stood still in the background... Would, why would they have someone stand there, an extra that looks so much like Ben Mendelsohn? Be a coincidence. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, let's assume I'd that it say, is. I'd say it's him there. Yeah. And the fact that the next time we see him, if it is him, he looks like Nick Fury. Again, with Peter Parker. I'd say it's him. I like it, though. I hope that is the case. Honestly, it was a big relief to find out that yes. it was somebody playing Nick Fury. Yes. And that's why it just seemed over the top. And I like the fact that Oh yeah, they are going to have a bit of fun now, I think, with the scrolls, and it's like, oh, we could get a few more, like, cover-ups and stuff like that. The question being, okay, so I'm assuming that he's been masking around as Nick Fury, maybe since the end of Endgame or something, you know, something's happened and Nick Fury's off on this adventure doing whatever in space, maybe starting sword or something like that you know like the space version of shield possibly who knows now you're being nerdy <laughs> <laughs> but how long has maria hill been a scroll since the end of endgame was maria hill on that ship as well or we just don't know has maria hill been a scroll the, the whole, whole time? time is maria hill not even real she could very well be a scroll and it could have always been Tell us as why. We never saw Maria Hill before Captain Marvel, as in the events of Captain Marvel. Well, we didn't, no. Yeah, and maybe... She could have always been a Skrull. And there is rumours that maybe other characters have been Skrulls all along. Maybe Tony Stark was a Skrull. See, I don't want to go... he's absolutely fine. (laughs) He did not die after all. I mean, there's more questions there, though. Let's talk about Morgan Stark would be half Skrull, half human, unless Uh, Pepper is awesome. No, too many. No, no. Stark was Stark, but other characters could have been Skrulls. Let's talk about the other post-credits scene. Okay. (sighs) There's so much. This is a big one. To unpack. This movie ends with MJ and Spider-Man web-swinging through New York. Oh, just on that... I'm so glad we're getting one of these movies where Spider-Man is just swinging through buildings again. Holy through shit. New York. I know. And yes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. Like Spider-Man 3 has to be that. It's in New York. Yeah. It's a Spider-Man movie. I was disappointed that she didn't like it because that's kind of their thing. It's like Superman and Lois Lane flying above the clouds. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. MJ and Spider-Man well, web swinging well, together. Maybe it is quite more realistic that she is just like, okay, that was crazy. I don't like, think I'd we... like it, <laughs> to be honest. Have you ever been on, like, a, I don't know, like a big swing thing? Like, like, you know, they're not But what good. we get here, like, the movie stops with them, you know, web swinging, and it stops there. Like, oh, okay. It's a post-credit or mid-credit but then that picks up straight, straight away. Straight away. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's continuing. I mean, it really shouldn't have been a mid-credit scene. It should have but just been the end of the movie. I disagree. Because the movie ends with them web swinging. That's fine. And what you've had, you've had a Spider-Man movie... With a happy ending. Yeah, okay. And cool. that's your movie. Having the mid-credits scene where everything goes to shit for Spider-Man, <laughs> that's fine because that is that is Spider-Man, that is his life. Things just don't go right for yeah. him. But I like that in the confines of the movie, before that mid-credits scene, he has a happy ending. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So that break, even though... I think it's the first time we've had it where the mid-credits scene is a direct continuation from what's seen before... But what we get, the dailybugle.net, J.J. and Jameson. J.K. Simmons is back, sounding like J.J., minus a flat top. What do we think? He's gone for the bold look. (laughs) The the J.K. look. I mean, the guy is bald in real life. Yeah, he just looks like J.K. Simmons. I mean, there's... There's so much happening in this this scene. Just with the J.K. thing. Okay, so the Daily Bugle is an online... Thing, chat, video chat. Um, it's a scaremongering news site, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. Theorist. You got the thing. scene where Spider Man was running across the skyscraper like an office building, mm. and I thought it was going to leap away and we were going to see the Daily Bugle there. 
But no, you're right. yeah, it's just an online entity. As soon as we got him, we had him swinging. I was like, eh, Daily Bugle, something maybe. Is it the Baxter building? The Daily Bugle? Yeah. What's going I on I mean, here? there was that lingering thing of the Avengers Tower being sold in Homecoming. And it seemed like, oh, we're not going to find out what happens until another Spider-Man movie. And I was thinking, oh, maybe we'll find out in this in this credit post-credit thing. There is a moment where he swings down or swings past and there's like a construction site. And it, it's funny, you know, like sometimes on when they board up construction site, it says something like watch this space there's a like a typing that says we can't wait to show you what comes next <laughs> and i'm like is that yeah. just a joke for hey you know how we have post credit scenes or is that a hey is that something is that the back stability maybe it's Oz both Corp? maybe is it's it both something? yeah could be both daily planet <laughs> i don't know but again with jk bugle. simmons daily bugle <laughs> my bad there's, you're like there's, there's so much Simmons stuff around this room it's throwing me off we're in my room today <laughs> but you are the biggest spider-man fan and you just dropped oh daily planet don't jk simmons oh my god i mean it's not the first time uh, a film property has been rebooted i guess and an actor has come back as a character and from played the same role what I other mean, example do you have um judy dench m the bond films in okay. a way, Casino yes. Royale was a reboot, was it not? Yeah, but they've been doing like soft reboots the whole time. <laughs> Every time they change actor, Every time they go change back Bond. to an actor. But you're right, though. Like Going from Pierce Brosnan to Daniel Craig was the first time they'd kept the actor as M. Yeah. And she was so good that you thought, what the hell? Yeah. I'll, um, I'll go with it. Okay, that's actually a good example. I couldn't think of Another one. Another one would be, I guess, uh, James Earl Jones Mufasa, The Lion King, which we're going to get. I mean, there's soon. only... And they brought him back for Darth Vader as well. Yeah, but that's not a reboot, so, though. True, that's a continuation. That's yeah, but yeah, okay, okay. So, um, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're the examples. <laughs> well, we get it here. <laughs> you know, I was reading about it. One of the other few interviews we, John Watts, <laughs> was talking about how they did not let JK know until the very last minute. They didn't let his agent know, they let nobody know because they were so worried about it getting leaked, even though JK was at the premiere, but nobody twigged. He was at the premiere for this movie. What happened? At the last minute, JK got a call from John Watts. Yeah. Can you come into Disney? They set up a blue screen and he did his lines. And no wonder he doesn't it. have a flat top. They had no time. They were just, yeah. like, just getting into the They got him lines. in and they got him out. And John Watts was saying that the first take, like JK just embodied that role. Like it's as if we never stopped playing him. I don't think he, he just, has. <laughs> he just did a perfect delivery and the take was ruined by John Watts laughing. Oh. Because he enjoyed it so much. And then, but they got him in, they got him out. So you're right. Maybe if they bring him back in that third movie, um, you know, maybe the popularity from the newsfeed goes to his head and he gets a, a hair, yeah. like a wig. Well, I don't know. I think this, gets could, a flat top. this could be a one and done It could be. Thing. But I'm hoping it's not because... Him revealing... Oh, we haven't even talked about it. We'll JK <laughs> reveals to the world that Spider-Man was responsible for the drones and killed Mysterio. I mean, in a way, Spider-Man was set up by Edith because he had to say back to stop the... Yeah. Because what, what was the um, the exact... It, like, it, exterminate or something. Oh, uh, do you want to execute... That's right, execute. Yeah, like execute he, all the safety protocols or something to shut everything down. And he's he like, yeah, says, execute them all. And Spider-Man says, execute them all. If he didn't say that, there wouldn't be any audio to sort of document. I know, and that is what's played on the newsfeed. Mm. But I like, I mean, moments earlier, like I think it was maybe 10 minutes earlier, there was, you know, that guy, the that mysterious henchman guy downloaded something onto a USB. So obviously it was like, oh, there's still more to, yep. to come of that. So it's not like he just And I thought he was, was just going to run away for another day. Like he was going to maybe pop up in a future movie. Mm. But what he did there was integral for what we get at the end of this movie. <laughs> what I like about it, and I still don't know how I feel about JJ popping up and being J.K. Simmons. I will agree that he's the perfect actor and I can't imagine anyone yeah, else doing I mean, it it's better. It's just one of those things where it's just like, just go with it. And it yeah. got the biggest... Both shock, cheer in my audience. That I yeah, was, and, and, I was ma- and mine as well. But what I, I... You know, the first screening I went to was sold out. I had to get the next screen. <laughs> I can't remember the last time that happened. I'm not even wow. kidding. Like, it was that busy opening day. Where was I going with that? Cheap student ticket. Oh, yeah, that's Monday. it. That's the problem. That's <laughs> Anyway. Friendly Neighbourhood Spider-Man. It's thrown around a lot. And that's who Spider-Man is in the MCU films. Until this mid credit scene. He's a menace. A menace! But that Spider-Man, it goes one of the same, you know, talking about it, like, you know, classic Spider-Man stories. 
It has him failing. He'll succeed as Spider-Man, but fail as Peter Parker this, or vice versa. Where this movie starts, it has, with all the fallout from Endgame, all that crap, everyone coming back, the world trying to get back to normal, it frames Spider-Man... As, I shouldn't use the word frame. It, it positions Spider-Man as a hero, one of the Avengers, one of the ones that helped. He's there. People love him. Where this movie... Well, right before it really ends, but where it ends sets it up as, now he's a menace. The world's going to turn on him. I was already like, fantastic. This is great. We're going to get Spider-Man more down on his luck. Everyone's against him. He's still going to try and do the next, the, the, the you, know, you know, the right thing in the next movie. This is great. I was happy. I was satisfied. And then Mysterio tells everyone that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And, and you know what that is? That is Tony Stark at the end of Iron Man 1 saying... I am Iron Man. Yeah, that is I am Peter Parker. But it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. His, it wasn't Peter Parker's choice. But if you're looking at the MCU, Spider-Man is the new Iron Man. That's pushing him more in the direction of that character. Yeah. So he, it's it's pretty much it's him saying I am Peter Parker. One of the unique things with with Spider-Man with Peter Parker in the MCU is the fact that he was one of the only ones with. A secret identity, even ones where you know you think, oh, well, we kind of did have an, a secret identity, you know, like Ant Man, Wasp. The government knows about them; they're pretty much on the record. They know who they are. Everybody else thought no one has. You know, Steve Rogers, they don't have secret oh, no, identities. People know who they are. Spider Man had that unique thing where it was like, oh, I have to keep my identity secret, and they played a lot of with that in this movie. They took that away from Aunt May at the end of the first movie. They took that away from MJ in this movie and everybody else. Do you know what they could do, though, in a later film? Retcon it? Squalls. Yeah, cop out, though, isn't it? Maybe, but that, Even... that is a way out of it. You know, I saw something online, and, and it was like a reference to DC superheroes. No masks. Secret identities. Marvel heroes. Masks. No secret identities. <laughs> Weird, right? It's a valid point. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> I mean, maybe they... It would be cool in the third, in this third film if we get, you know, like... He has to go underground. You know, everyone's in danger. Aunt May maybe bites the dust. I don't know. Something really bad happens. Don't say dust. Don't say dust. Um, it's too soon. But maybe, like, push his character really far where it gets so crazy. Something very... I mean, it would be something we haven't seen before, which... I mean, it's what they've been doing, but something we really haven't seen is Peter Parker, known to the world as Spider-Man, villains are going after him, maybe the Sinister Six can be formed, whatever, I don't know, I don't care if they do that. Maybe it has to get to a point where, I know it might be a cop-out, but maybe there's some sort of manipulation of realities, House of M, something like that, I don't know where he has I mean, to they are some sort of bargain. bringing the X-Men in at some point. I just don't know. There's a there's an unpopular storyline in the comics. Spider Man, Brand New Day. Yeah, and that, I get, yeah, and that I mean, was, I guess that's what I was thinking. And of. that's what I, it was. It was a devil, Mephisto, and he made the world forget that Peter Parker was Spider Man. And part of that was MJ forgetting as well, because in the comics, MJ and Peter were married, and it undid and it all, all of got that. It basically, re- yes. I don't know if that's an avenue. I just think. By revealing his identity, it changes the status quo of his character so much that it just it doesn't sit right with me. I know it's dramatic and it's a big cliffhanger and it's like, oh, what's next? And it gets everyone walled up and excited. But I'm like, well, it it just destroys any sort of potential of getting Spider-Man to that character that we know and love. You know, he can't work for the Daily Bugle anymore. He can't work with uh, uh, J. Jonah and Jameson. I don't know. He it's it's messed up. He can't go back to school, surely. That's just ridiculous. I mean, of course he couldn't. <laughs> you know, he's a murderer. He has to go, he tried, he tried, he has to go live with the Avengers to take now. Over the world. <laughs> That's it. He has to go live yeah. with the Avengers now. Or something. I don't know. But I like it that the movie was a fun experience. And then you got the you know the mid credit scenes. And it just adds like another layer. Because this is the end of the Infinity Saga. And instead of it being like just closing a chapter. And then we're waiting for something new to start. We get this big cliffhanger. <laughs> So I don't like everything about the cliffhanger, but I like the fact that it's it's given us something to talk about. It's a big bang, about. wasn't it? It was a big bang. Huge. That I didn't think we were going to get, because I thought this was going to be, you know, again, the epilogue for Endgame, but then they tell this 
fun story, you know, with superhero feats. Let's talk about the Peter Tingle. We're nearly finished. Oh my God, the Peter Tingle. Tingle. When he fully, and let's say Spider-Sense, or (laughs) Spider-Sense, when he fully embraced it when he's fighting Mysterio, Loved everything about that. Yeah. I just when wish he, he was... didn't call it Peter Tingle. No, but that's just a joke that all the people say, and he's <laughs> been repeating it. But he, it's not officially called that. It's how they reference it. But the way that he took down Mysterio by just predicting or just sensing where the dangers were, that was one of my favourite scenes in the whole movie. Oh, fantastic. And again, with that, with that, with that, with Homecoming, it was, does he even have a spidey sense? Like, is it there? And then, what was it, on the bus? In Infinity, Infinity War. Infinity War, like, like he got goosebumps. <laughs> He's I've got all goosebumps. I was like, oh, it is there. Yeah, and this movie, it. he used it to solve the problem. Yeah, wonderful. There is a lot of good stuff in this movie. So much good stuff. Also a lot of... Issues. Questionable stuff. <laughs> Questionable. So do you want to do our rating? Yes. I go first. You go first. Um, in the past week that I've had to sit on this movie, it has fluctuated one point back and forth. A whole point? A whole point. Wow. And a half and... Back and up and down. I'm, yeah, I didn't know. I thought I'd leave it for our discussion to see where I landed. There, there are issues in this movie that I don't know. Exposition things. There's sort of plot holes. Things that don't make sense. What was Mysterio's plan with the glasses after you know he destroyed half of London? I don't know. Did he have more, or was it just he wanted those drones? Well, the plan was to join the Avengers, but then they'd find out very quickly. I mean, yeah, he's got no powers. Yeah, it's it's pretty flawed. Um, <laughs> Who are those? Oh, that's my um, that's my team. There's just things that just <laughs> haven't sat well with me, like watching it. It's a movie that I compare to something like Ant Man, where it's like, or even the Thor, like Thor Ragnarok, where it's like, let's favor jokes over actual serious threats and concerns and emotions and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't I think this one went too far in one direction very cool visuals there is a lot of fun to be had um uh, 3.5 out of 5 wow it's it's just yeah it's a movie I've just sat on it the past week and it's just like I'm in no hurry to watch it again and for the first time after watching a Spider-Man movie that's bizarre for me Knowing how much of a fan you are of the yes. character, I am generally disappointed for you. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it just... I'm, I mean, speechless now. <laughs> I went back and listened to our Homecoming review, and for the most part, we were both sitting around a three, but for what you know, for different reasons, we did raise it up to and a four. And I will admit, I've gone back and visit, revisited Homecoming a few times, and... I've come around on that movie quite a bit. I like it a lot more than that first viewing. And maybe that'll happen with this one. Like, I will watch it again, of course. I will add it to my collection. And we'll see where we are the next time we're talking about it. I mean, you literally add all of them to your collection. (laughs) Even Black Panther, one that you're not particularly... It's still wrapped. It's still wrapped. Not even opened it. I'm going to come in higher than 3.5. I'm going to come in at 4. I I had a lot of fun with this movie, and it's taken me a while, but I really am warming to Tom Holland as Peter Parker. Like, you know, I've always, you know, liked him in this part, but I just had a certain disconnect. And I think it's him being the young, new Tony Stark. Well, putting that to one side, this movie is a lot of fun. There's the humour works... The, the young supporting cast, it's teenagers acting and sounding like teenagers. The special effects, you got Martin Starr in there, he's always fun. And Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio and the, the costume is just absolute perfection. Then we find out that it wasn't Nick Fury all along. I can forgive the caricature of, of Nick Fury. I will be watching this again. I'll wait until iTunes, I won't be going back out to the movies. But I had a lot of fun. Yeah, four, four out of five. And as always, we're going to close out on some trivia. And I was very careful when prepping the trivia, knowing that you just say things <laughs> that would be my <laughs> trivia during the review. And you only did one out of my three. Ah. I had um, I had contingencies. <laughs> In the film, Spider-Man mentions Captain Marvel, which marks the first time an MCU character has referred to Carol Danvers by that name. Hasn't happened. Didn't happen in her first film. Didn't happen in Avengers. Not until Spider-Man in this film. And then even Talos, well, Nick Fury, as Talos, says something like, like don't Do say not, her. Oh, he says, 
Do not invoke her name. Yeah, does that mean like don't say her name or? I think so. It's an um, odd way of saying. But what it. does that like? What does it mean though? What's he referring to? You know, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it's almost sort of like that character's up on a pedestal, and like, do not invoke her name. Like, Is that it's sort like, of like saying it's her name like, in vain. It's almost like, oh, you're not good enough to say her name. Right. Oh, you you <laughs> you're asking questions I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> anyway, we hear Captain Marvel said for the first time. Peter's passport lists the 10th of August as his birthday. Spider-Man's first appearance was in Amazing Fantasy 15, released August 10th, 1962. There you go. And if you want to know, in real life, Tom Holland's birthday is June 1st. Consider... Oh, just had his <laughs> birthday. Covered. Oh, <laughs> no, that June 1st. Sorry, that was a month ago. We're in July. <laughs> well... That's it for our review of Spider-Man Far From Home. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Films View Podcast. We also have our sister shows, that Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsviewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Child's Play and Annabelle Comes Home. Sounds Like Comics did a recent episode looking at Deadly Class and Rewind and Review went back to 1994 to review Forrest Gump. Stay tuned for our next review. Uh, the Lion King, maybe? Is it? Yeah, The Lion King. Oh, well, good stuff. Let's do The Lion King. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film studio. See you soon. Oh, music's good, yeah. <laughs>